Good evening, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. And we are back. This is episode number 101, which is also the name of the college class I took, introducing me to the concept of episodes. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty basic. Speaking of ideas that are beyond awesome, this is the first annual Nicolas Cage Film Festival. We are here today not to criticize, but to celebrate the life and work of our second favorite actor of all time, Nicolas Cage. This week's episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a free trial to Audible's Book a Month subscription. You get a free audiobook just for signing up. And more importantly, you support the show. And you can keep both your support of the show and your audiobook, even if you cancel your subscription while it's still free. If you would like to suggest a topic for our show, as always, go to read-weep.com slash suggest. Fill out the little form and find the stuff on the right-hand side of the page where you can vote on other people's suggestions. That's how things like this get introduced. So, today we have a very important panel, a very special panel. Uh, I'm your host, of course, Alex Falcone. Uh, I'm a comedian from Portland, Oregon. You can connect with me by going to alexfalconecomedy.com. And you should, because my comedy career is like the bottom half of 69. It's going to blow up. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I've got a very special panel with me. Here they are. First up, he's the best adventuring archaeologist since Harrison Ford got too old to make movies in Northern California. It's Ezra Fox. I'm going to create a diversion by screaming about haggis. <laughs> One of Nick Cage's top five freakouts of all time. <laughs> also joining us today, he's the head of the financial world, but only because he took an internship in London. If he hadn't, his father-in-law would have had a heart attack and ruined his life. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris, uh, let's, let's call him Smith. You're Jack Campbell. You're better than this sport. You shot the rapids in Kenai, you ran with the bulls in Pamplona, and goddammit, you can do this. <laughs> I mean, it's bowling, right? Which is a pretty great sport, but I do like that attitude. I'm going to beat this because I'm better than this game. <laughs> Fuck bowling, am I right? <laughs> also joining us today, uh, we have a very special guest. He's the sword-wielding killing machine in the service of God and occasionally his feelings of regret. In Chicago, it's Nick Delahanty. Balding warriors need wigs to cover their jowls. <laughs> It's cool that you got to hang out with Hellboy, though. I thought it was super ironic that Hellboy was accompanying me on the Crusades. (laughs) Oh, is that who his ugly friend was? Yep. I was like, I want to be Nick Cage's ugly friend. (laughs) I could do that. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. So, for today's show, we have three topics, uh, which I guess I should have said earlier. It's the Nick Cage Film Festival, first annual. We are covering three important films. First, we're going to see Nicolas Cage in a dramatic role in Family Man. Following that, we're going to see his action-adventure role in National Treasure, followed by his action not so much adventure of season of the witch so we're gonna really really running the gamut of uh of his skill right we're really just taking the tour yeah yeah but for now we're gonna start with family man so chris you're our resident summarizer uh as always please summarize this movie using your freakish recall and your dulcet tones this time in the style of a man who just learned that he's a father life is full of those decision points, those tipping points where things could really go one way or the other. For instance, take Jack Campbell, played by the indomitable Nicolas Cage. 
He's head of a financial firm in New York, wildly successful. All he cares about is money. But he remembers at a point in 1987 when he could have run back with his girlfriend at the time, Kate. Well, thanks to the magic of Don Cheadle, who was in Hotel Rwanda, (laughs) which was actually a really good movie. Don't show your kids that movie. They'll learn some weird things about race. But the uh, anyway, he gets sent back to a different dimension in present day where magically, instead of being running the firm, he's married to Kate. They have two kids. And he starts flipping out! <laughs> but he learns to love those kids, goddammit. All through the power of failing at bowling and Taylioni's tits seen through a shower door. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's the book. That is indeed the book. Yeah. Uh, I would have. I would have just said. I would just said a magical black guy brings a Christmas miracle. That's a little bit my summary. <laughs> and it's not really a Christmas miracle so much as like maybe some hallucinations. Yeah. Because I mean nothing changes, right? The only thing that changes is his heart. <laughs> like like most Christmas miracles. Well, like the Grinch. Know. The Grinch's heart changed, but they didn't like change the what was going on in Whoville. You know right? what? Fuck you, Alex, because Tim Allen became Santa Claus by the end. <laughs> but the change wasn't his beard. The beard was very... That was an average thing. What really changed was his heart. He got fat. I mean... Right? His heart changed in that it got clogged with, like... He got really stuff. fat. That's demonstrable. <laughs> I, that's empirically tested. Also, it seems like an, this movie, along with a lot of other movies that have Christmas miracles, they also involve some arcing baby pee at one time or another. <laughs> there was a lot of baby pee in It's a Wonderful Life, you're right. <laughs> also, the guy who gets out of a car in front of somewhere important, somebody yells, hey, you can't leave that here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be that guy in every movie. <laughs> it, looks, it sounds like we're getting a little insulting, which means that uh, we're jumped ahead in our plan. So in, instead, we have to start with the compliment sandwich. Very easy to do on Nick Cage movies, of course. So uh, we'll start and end with a compliment. Uh, it's called the compliment sandwich, and it's what makes us legitimate criticism and not just a funny podcast. So, Nick, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the compliment sandwich for Family Man. Uh, in the spirit of the Family Man, I'm going to defer to my friends, and I will go last. All right. Well, uh, Ezra, I think you are uh, the most like Don Cheadle out of all of us, so you should go first. <laughs> this is who I aspire to be. <laughs> yeah, I guess this is for the uh, snappy comebacks. So pre-Family Man, Nick Cage is trying to entice his like young ingenue to like stay a little bit longer. She's like, ah, it's Christmas. And he's like, then I'll pour eggnog over you, which is a pretty <laughs> good answer if you have an excess of eggnog and want someone to stick around on Christmas. I like to think that he does that with everything, where if you're like, oh, I can't, I'm sorry, I'd like to stay the night with you, but I can't. I've got you know, Easter to go to. I'll break some colored eggs on your face. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. I gotta go Thanksgiving. I will pour chunky gravy over you. <laughs> it's Halloween. I'll kill you. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that took a turn. <laughs> it got a little dark at the end there. I mean, it's St. Patrick's Day. I'll cover you in Guinness. Hey. <laughs> and there then, it is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for my uh, my major compliment, for this uh there's this girl that i held hands with for eight days when i was in middle school and i really appreciate this movie for finally telling me how to deal with those feelings of of long lost relationship so i'm gonna chase her down at an airport and tell her about our children we might have had alex how did you go to the bathroom if you held hands with her for eight days (laughs) girls don't pee Mm. (laughs) good point (laughs) alex how did you go to the bathroom (laughs) With the other hand? Mm. 
and then Alex peed for eight consecutive days. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'll bust into my major compliment. This movie taught me a lot about my turn-ons and turn-offs, mm. uh, specifically about the latter. My favorite breakfast in the world, in all seriousness, is chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. I love chocolate cake so much. But this movie taught me that it's horribly unsexy to smear chocolate cake on your lover. In fact, <laughs> when Nick Cage and Taylor Leona do it on the stairway, it wound up both of them looking like they were covered in shit. <laughs> this and is why wedding cakes are white. That's why wedding cakes are white, and that's why you should keep your food in the dining room and your sex everywhere else. Counterpoint, Chris. <laughs> if you are a fecophiliac, yeah. uh, chocolate cake is a good sort of baby step to wean you off of that. It's... Or push you in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's not a counterpoint so much as a, hey, if you like that thing that Chris doesn't happen to like. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just, this is ways that we could get you into it if we wanted to. Oh, uh, that's true. You'd be like, cake, cake. It's a gateway fetish. Cake near my bum. Cake near my bum. You want it? <laughs> yep. They, um, these, this couple of totally cakes did, though. <laughs> yeah. I love cake stink. It's not quite as sexy as sexting. But it's got way more cake in it. Yeah, way more cake. <laughs> mm. I think it's time for my major compliment. I've been spending a while talking about cake as shit. <laughs> and uh, this one is from the bottom of my heart mm-hmm. and is extraordinarily brief. It is uh, Taya Leone's hair. Yeah. yeah? She, she's cute. And she... All right. I'm just, here's, here's my problem. Is that when you're putting me in an alternate universe, when you show me the two possible paths that my life may have taken, mm-hmm. if you make me think my ugly housewife is Taya Leone, um, <laughs> I'm okay with that. With a short layered haircut? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, It's not Jesus. fair, really. Yeah. I, I, I call shenanigans on Don Cheadle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into our hate segment now. Uh, we're going to start uh, – in fact, I don't want to spoil too many of the names, so I'm going to use the same one for all three. But today we're going to play Hate Potato. Yay! Yay! <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, straight from Bill Shinansky, hate game name creator to the stars. So uh, we'll pa- pass it around, and whoever gets stuck stuck with a hate at the end, I don't know, dies? What happens at the end of Hot Potato? I don't remember. You're out. Oh. You're out, and then it, it, rounds commence again. Well, that's less fun. All right. So, Hate Potato, anybody, let's start. What did you not like about this movie? As if there was anything. Yeah, well, I guess I got a hate for sort of an incomplete list. So the the, the daughter, uh, when she figures out that uh, Nicolas Cage isn't actually her father, he, she thinks he's an alien. And her criteria for, like, is he a good alien or not is um, basically around whether he can make chocolate milk. Yeah. Right. He can't even do it. Just He says he might be able to learn. I feel like that's not like a really complete interview, I guess. (laughs) Well, that wasn't whether or not he was an alien. That's whether or not he was an alien that would be allowed to stay pretending to be her father. Okay, right. Maybe there should be another question. Maybe maybe there should be more to it. I feel like you you could probably end up in like a van or something like that. Can you learn how to make chocolate milk? No, no, no. We're not allowed to take candy from strangers, but strangers who are trying to put us in a van would never give us chocolate milk. That's like, (laughs) that's a trustworthy substance. (laughs) I I think we're talking about core principles here. I mean, Yeah. 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 When it, name one time something bad has ever happened in chocolate milk. Uh, I mean, I think the Nestle Quick Bunny has diabetes. 
Oh, bunny diabetes is so tragic. <laughs> you got to be careful around that little girl. That little lisp. Yeah. She's coughing out there. Dude, if that girl had some grape juice or some lemonade and a stand, I'd be broke. <laughs> I stand by the idea that they should really make like a supervillain with that lisp. You stand by that? Have you announced this idea before? <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> no, I don't think that, that works anymore. Flashback. No, you, you can't just play the that. clip. No, I don't think that happens unless we have a clip. Shit. <laughs> Don Cheadle, show me my alternate reality. <laughs> Where's the exposition, Ferrari? <laughs> just give it to me in plain Ferrari without all the mambo jumbo. It was just here. <laughs> Um, so I have a hate. Okay, Nick Cage, the reason why you watch him is not only his restraint and subtly in quiet times, but because of his dynamic range, he can go from that to flipping the fuck out really quickly. Yes. And when his sexy times, however, is big eyes surprising someone around a wall going, ta-da! Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, I gotta say, I mean, I, maybe it's you're just You're still director. turned on from it, is that what you're getting at? No. All these days later, you're still a little chubby for it. Just no. talking about it. No. No, I will say that uh, I now know what not to do. Uh, <laughs> Alex, was your word for being turned on a tubby? A chubby. Having... I said a chubby, but a tubby. It sounded an awful lot like tubby. <laughs> I would like I would like to, to, to go back to the tape on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can't do it. That, that feature the clip. No works. No, it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> no, Sorry. Can't do it. A tubby yeah. would be cute, because then it would suggest that that mine was maybe not necessarily big, but at least girthy in the middle. <laughs> Parachute. I, mean, I feel like phone sex would result in Teletubbies. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Nicely done, Ezra. Mm-hmm. Here's another hate that I have. How come when he calls information and says, can I get Kate Reynolds in Manhattan, <laughs> I give her the phone number right away. Yeah, this is this is when wealthy Nick Cage is trying to connect with wealthy Taylioni at the end. He's just like, hey, information, Manhattan, Kate Reynolds, please. Yeah. It just so <laughs> happens, according to GillenPages.com, there are over 300 Kate Reynolds in Manhattan. But they knew the right one because Nick Cage deserved it. She was like, oh, you probably mean the hot, rich one. Or we missed the you know, the first 299 scenes where he's like, Kate, stay. W- oh, sorry. Kate. Oh, damn it. Not you either. <laughs> he's chasing them all down at airports. and <laughs> And then we also actually, I don't know if you know this, but this movie was actually has an alternate ending. We saw the American ending, but in the, in the European ending, they go out and have a really awkward cup of coffee, find out they have nothing in common, and then she leaves for Paris. I'd love that to be true. And then he just goes back and Trixie's still in his apartment, and he fucks her brains out, covered her in eggnog. But with a single tear rolling down his face yes. right at the end. Yes. Like a Jean-Luc Godard movie. Maybe just like puts her long hair behind her head so it looks kind of short <laughs> and just kind of pretends. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what happens. I I have a hate. Yeah, go for it. I don't like how I feel like Nick Cage, once he realized that he was in this world, just violated the truth of him being in this world. Like telling right. your kids that they're you're not their dad, that might be traumatizing, and you might be want to you want to be more careful with that. Or maybe and, having no understanding that everybody else thinks you're somebody else. Also, Jeremy Piven. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm totally gonna sleep with this girl, and Jeremy Piven, who's clearly been in love with Taya Leona his whole life. Yeah. Who's who's kept that those feelings at bay kept them deep inside mm-hmm. for his friend and his buddy's like yeah i'm just totally gonna bang blah 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 face with her with her snacks <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm doing a quick imdb search for blah 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 face and her snacks 
I don't remember who played her. She'll come up. Wait, do the Manhattan... Uh, call information. <laughs> ask for blah, blah, blah name in her snacks in Manhattan. <laughs> come right up. Blah, blah, blah in her snacks. Yeah, I like their early work, but I think they kind of sold out later, right? Yeah. Well, no, it was blah, blah, blah was the lead singer. Blah, blah, blah face. And her snacks was the band. <laughs> yeah. Which tried to do some work on their own. Just And the snacks, which never really took out. <laughs> Wasn't it the John Woo movie, uh, Blah, 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 Face Off? Blake's <laughs> <laughs> got a new face. Tonight we have a very special treat for you, actor, painter, race car driver, but mostly actor, Nicolas Cage. Sir, it is an honor. I have gigantic teeth. They are like toilet bowls. Uh, yeah, I, I, hi, I have a question. Mm. Yes. Uh, Nick Cage, I'm a big follower of your work, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just wondering why you wouldn't maintain your Adonis-like physique for your warrior role in Season of the Witch as I felt like that would be the most appropriate for you to don your uh, your thundering lats and strong pectorals. I, I was wearing armor the whole time, and armor uh, it just it makes you look chubby, even when you're not. I was in just as good a shape there as I was, but I had to wear armor, otherwise people would have stabbed me in my lats and my triceratops. Yeah. Um, uh, and the other muscles that I have. That's a dinosaur. What? That's a dinosaur, not a muscle group. Sir, you're incorrect. If Nicolas Cage says it's a muscle group, it certainly is a muscle group. I'm sorry, Nicolas Cage. My body is perfection! You just looked like at least 20% body fat in Season of the Witch. And it was 25% iron fat! What's iron fat, Nicolas Cage? It's the part of Iron Man that isn't iron protein. What about iron carbs? <laughs> That's the other. It's the third part. What about iron fiber? Well, iron fiber just passes right through Iron Man. He doesn't actually need it to build his body. Oh. And then when he was dating Iron Maiden, <laughs> he lost some of that iron fat because he wanted to look better for her. That's ironic. And then they rode on an iron <laughs> horse, and then he got in trouble and had to go before the ironing board. Nicholas, Nicholas, <laughs> to, to refocus this, uh, in Family Man, Yes. a movie you showed many sides of yourself. Of One course, of my finest performances. Your ability to sit shoddy in a Ferrari. Yes. Your ability to wear bright red sweatpants and still turn this interviewer on. <laughs> you also engaged in a familiar relationship with Taya Leone, mm, brilliant yes. actress. But on film, I've heard it was your decision to never consummate the relationship. On the film I, or in real life? Because in real life, I've consummated relationships with everybody. Too true. Even us? Now, yes. How do you feel? Better. You've been caged. But, but Nicholas Cage, uh, this is a good point. Uh, you seem like you have two real you know, fastballs down the middle uh, when you're in bed with your wife mm-hmm. in this alternate reality. Mm-hmm. And you just whiff on both of them. Do you not have game? Uh, I think you may recall that you are confusing my character with my actual personality. Because my actual person, I could have done her right there, even if we didn't have that chemistry. Because I've got so much game. I'm unstoppable! Truly, Nick Cage has got her groove back. 
Well, Nicolas Cage, sir, it's been an honor and a distinct tingle to interview you tonight. Best of luck with your future movies. And of course, Family Man will always weigh heavily on our hearts, just as it does my anus. Thank you. You have all been terrific friends! This has been Inside the Actors Studio. I'm James Lipton. See you next time. It's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. Uh, this time we're going to go in reverse order from the beginning of the show. So, Nick, you are going to go first. What is your minor compliment for Family Man? For each of these, I selected one moment to be the quintessential cue guitar solo moment of the <laughs> Nicolas Cage moment. And uh, I'm going to say, for Family Man, it's got to be, I'm Jack Campbell. You're better than this sport. Cue guitar solo, meedly, 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 weedly. Cue guitar solo. Do you happen to have the time on that? Oh, my guitar solo? Yeah, that was four seconds and uh, and change. (laughs) No, sorry, is there actually a guitar solo in the movie right then? No, I I mean, I'm inventing one for each movie where it's just when something super badass happens, I'm going to cue. See, Brett Ratner and all the other clowns who directed these movies, they just missed these great opportunities to let loose on a monstrous guitar solo. (laughs) So I uh, I put one in in my head. I made my own director's cut in each movie, and right as soon as he's about to hit that uh, try to pick up that ten pin spare yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's when guitar solo. That's when that happened. Now that I understand the explanation, can I hear the guitar solo again? Yeah, sure. Uh, let me see. If, let me get my axe ready again. Sorry, I got I got a little fat on that one. Uh, I was just I was feeling it. Very nicely done. <laughs> All right, continuing backwards, Chris. So I love I love when directors and producers really try to set the date hard. So in 1987, Nick Cage is wearing a cable knit sweater and is just as balding as he is in the year 2000. <laughs> However, Taylor Leone is wearing this kind of weird mosaic print jacket. And you know it's 1987 because they're flying Pan Am, right? <laughs> which went out of business shortly thereafter. So, of course, it was 1987. That is an excellent compliment. I, I love outdated product placement, as you will find, spoiler alert, in our next half episode. We're going to continue on for now, and it is my turn in the minor compliment. Uh, so my minor compliment is that in the credits, Lucky the Dog was played by Ellis. And it turns out IMDb has a page for Ellis the Third. No. With one credit, Lucky the Dog and Family Man. Sag after a man. My compliment is the thoroughness of the internet mostly. The secondary compliment is that Lucky the Dog, they put that credit into the movie. And third of all, most importantly, I just wanted to raise the question, what happened to Ellis? You know? Ellis the Third? Where where is he now? If the dog was a decent size, I mean, it's been ten years since then, so probably dead. Or licking his Teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> For ten years? When did he pee? <laughs> he was holding a girl's hand. He didn't have to. <laughs> All right, Ezra, your turn. Last compliment. The highlight of Nicolas Cage's uh, life you know, in his uh, Family Guy world would be eating a funnel cake at the mall, which would also be my highlight. <sighs> Can mm. somebody... Okay, I'm going to be awful here. Can no. Please no. Really, Chris? <laughs> No, come on. Who doesn't? Seriously? That funnel cake's a little high. I have no idea what funnel cake is. Imagine a waffle fried donut. 
lathered in delicious powdered sugar and possibly worse. I was at Six Flags recently and I got the uh, funnel cake sundae. <laughs> and okay, I did it knowing full well what it would do, and I did it anyways. <laughs> Let's go back to just revel for a moment in waffle fry donut, yeah, which yeah. should be on the official <laughs> dictionary definition of a funnel cake because that's solid. <laughs> Well, that concludes our family man portion of the show, which means yeah! we now have to do National Treasure 2 in just half the time that we did that episode. So let's pick up the pace a little bit. Chris, I need you to summarize National Treasure 2 in the style of a breathless historical narrative. Okay, so you remember National Treasure? It's the same thing, but with different treasure. Wait, you didn't see National Treasure? Okay, hang on. <laughs> One sec. Let me flip through. So uh, Nick Cage plays uh, Ben... Uh, Gates, there he is, and John Boyd is his dad, Patrick, and together they hunt down treasure, but he has a couple sidekicks. He has this guy, uh, um, Giles, Riley, 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 who's nerdy, and then this girl, I don't know her name, Diane Kruger, she pretends not to be German. Anyway, they're trying to prove somebody's name, and, uh, as far as, like, you know, that Nick Cage's, uh, relative was innocent of helping kill Lincoln, but then, um, instead, Ed Harris comes in, and no, he's not mission directing Apollo 13, he's trying to thwart Nick Cage's plans, all right? <laughs> so they have to go to Paris, London, and back to the United States in that order, chasing down some monuments, looking at some treasure, and basically solving some puzzles that aren't very good to begin with. National Treasure 2, it's really fake. All right, excellently summarized. Now it's time for the compliment sandwich. So, uh, Nick, for this one, what you would like to do, first or second? Or first or last, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm gonna go second. All right, last. So uh, we're going to do this order. I'm going to go first. I love that this movie introduced me to the next cool thing. I'm going to be so ahead of the curve on this one. So they're going through all of these crazy traps elaborately built out of ancient technology inside a mountain with just to protect the hidden city of gold inside a mountain. Yes. From the like ancient uh, Native American peoples. Yes. And right now, especially in Portland area, but in a lot of places, people are really into steampunk. But I think the next hip thing is going to be rock log and sinewy rope punk <laughs> i'm looking forward to leading being a cutting edge on that like like a skateboard would just be like a plank with like a a log under it that you kind of like ride a little bit or several logs you have to like take one out from the back and put it in the front again as you you skateboard that way yeah mostly like it'll be things that don't actually function that way they just look like they do so it'll be like a bike helmet that looks like it's made out of logs and sinewy rope <laughs> <laughs> but it, it but it's still DOT tested. Yes. Approved, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, mostly like stuff you'd attach to an already functioning laptop, you know? Yeah. Hipsters are really into safety. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should say that the eventual goal is some sort of lost city of gold like El Dorado, and apparently it's built under Mount Rushmore. Yes. In, inside of yeah, Mount Rushmore was the statues were carved to hide the clues to get inside, except for the clues. And the handle that opened the inside. Uh, I have a I have a query about that. Really? It seems like it's pretty solid. I don't know. If I were trying to hide something <laughs> like a city of gold, uh, I would not turn it into one of the most known and widely regaled monuments in America. Like, yeah, it's a good point. Putting tourists yeah. on it every day might That's not be... That's absolutely the only reason anyone's ever been to South Dakota. <laughs> so, why not just South Dakota anyway? 
Like, yeah. let's just put it in that mountain and not put presidents there. Yeah. Done. I, I think it'd be just a better way to catch people who are, like, going after it. It was like, huh, you're in South Dakota? Come with us. <laughs> <laughs> you're clearly after gold. Yeah, uh, fair points. All right, complimenting on, Chris. My compliment is for defying the stereotype. Nick Cage and his buddy Riley go to Paris to uh, look at a twin sister of the Statue of Liberty. To There apparently is an inscription. Anyway, when they need help deciphering French, the first people they turn to are French police, who instead of shooing them away or pushing them into dog poop, decide to help <laughs> them and quote philosophers at them. Mm-hmm. Truly, French policemen are a breed above <laughs> what I currently thought. And, uh... You know, I just got to say bravo. I like that your vision, Chris, is that there's always dog poop to be pushed into when you're in France. Uh, that's that's pretty heavy. much true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, continuing on, uh, Ezra, it is your turn. Yeah. Your major compliment. Let's do this. Hey, Justin Bartha, moving up in the world. Back in Gili, he was the um, sidekick, and he was mentally disabled and very annoying. Mm-hmm. That's right. He is now sort of more a tech savant in this one. And slightly less annoying. And really? I just, thought he was playing almost exactly the same character. Well, he had a Ferrari in this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Nick, sir. it's no longer time to put off your compliment. Yeah, it's Nick's turn. Uh, well, what mine was is that it answered a very important what-if question to me. And it's something that has been bothering me, I think, for a long time. I've always wondered what it would have been like if Michael Bay directed Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and now I know. I mean, really, it's like if Michael Bay directed Indiana Jones and Indiana Jones had a baby uh, be- because it slept with the Da Vinci Code without a condom. But that baby was also, like, related somehow in a biological way, and then the, the baby wasn't as sharp as Harrison Ford, so you got a Nicolas Cage baby. <laughs> That's how that And then it got raised by Laura Croft. <laughs> <laughs> but not the good Laura Croft, like original PlayStation 1 Laura Croft, not the good PC port Laura yeah. Croft. Yeah. Which is made of like only thirty-two polygons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but twelve of them are used on their breasts. Yeah. I mean, That's my compliment. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's mine too. <laughs> so quickly moving on, we got to get into hot potato round two. This is the uh, more evolved version of hot potato, where instead of just the potato that's on fire, you use a little computer game uh, that you pass around that has music playing in it. So somebody start us off with that hate. Hate. The president was an architectural history major at Yale. That would not happen. <laughs> <laughs> hate. Secret Service is not nearly as effective as they should be in this movie. Uh, Nick Cage kidnaps the president with little to no effort. Yeah. And even though Nick Cage is really good at shit, uh, he's not that good at shit. I like to think it's the other way around. I like to think that you could kidnap the president if you needed to. Because <laughs> like, he doesn't do it just for fun, right? He does it because he has to find the lost city to save his parents. I mean, he had a good reason. Only if there's a yeah. somewhat pressing altruistic need, will yeah, secu- secret heart, service. Yes, yeah. I think that's what it should be. Dun 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 dun. Cue guitar solo moment of the movie. <laughs> I'm gonna kidnap the president of the United States. <laughs> Did the guitar blow up at the end of that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's a hot guitar solo. It's gonna have a tough one for the next solo. <laughs> All right, uh, so here's a hate that I have. This is the end of the teased hate from last time, which is uh, product placement from products that are not going to exist in the future. This movie had large product placement from three things that are now proven to be arcane. MSN Video Portal, 
the Motorola Razor, and bookstores. <laughs> Take that, Borders. Uh, a digital high five to you, Alex. Thank you. Hate. Where are all the trucks full of barrels when car chases aren't happening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming they're arriving safely at their destinations. Subsequent hate. During this car chase in London, it's a it's a truck full of full beer kegs. <laughs> Those things weigh like over 200 pounds each. Yeah. They don't just go bear, like bouncing along. And if your car hits it, your car is fucked. Related hate. <laughs> the Mercedes that takes all the punishment from that is another bit of weird product placement, because now I think, yeah. oh, if I'm ever running from other criminals, I need to use a Mercedes-Benz. Well, right, and did you notice that the only thing that saved them from the Library of Congress barricade was the superb ground clearance on the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> SUV? Yeah. Mercedes, instrumental in crime. Yeah. Also, relatedly, <laughs> Apple iPod, instrumental in crime, and Aquafina, instrumental in hydrating criminals. Oh, yeah. That's and hydrating rocks. Yes, and hi- and discovering lost cities. Hate. When I use an airport bathroom, it does not go from vacant to engaged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like that to happen as well. Engaged. Snakes, haters. And I made myself so easy to love. It's time for our anchor segment. This is called Nothing New Under the Sun. We've already spoiled two parts of this, but uh, as we've indicated before, everything is obviously derivative of something, but some movies are more derivative than others. We've already covered The Da Vinci Code and Indiana Jones and also Riley from Geely. Other things, really quick, maybe the point of this whole segment is just because I was trying to figure this out during the movie and I couldn't, so you guys can jog my memory. There was a movie in the 90s about guys in the jungle who discover... Uh, secret hidden city of gold that they have to swim under some things to get into that uses the same oil-based lighting system as this movie. Can you remember what it was? Oh, fuck. Um, There's a snake swimming around the water, but I think they avoid it. And, and Wait, Anaconda? No. Anaconda? They didn't really avoid that snake. I don't think it was Anaconda. <laughs> was it Congo? Ooh, it might have been Ooh. Congo. Were there, mm. Wait, were there gorillas and diamonds? I don't remember. No, I don't think there was. I think this was like... Because someone like put all this gold in his neck and then couldn't swim out and he drowned. It wasn't Congo. That does happen a lot. Uh, all right, so new project for the fans. I need you guys to figure out what movie I'm thinking of. All I remember is that it involves you have to swim to get into the Lost City. The Lost City has a lot of treasures in it. There's like a bad guy who tries to put too much gold in his neck and can't swim. And there's a snake, but the snake is not the point of the movie to my memory. Go. I like it's like a reverse IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook.com slash read and weave. Tell me the answer. And I, I also distinctly remember there being a system of lighting inside because there's oil in like a, around the walls of the inner city in like a, in a little half pipe and you light it and it lights the whole thing. Huh. So um, other derivative things, including there's this door that one guy has to hold open and the water's coming in and it's rising and he has to sacrifice himself for the good of the group. And of course, we've always seen it like I think in the 70s, they came out with twist only it's this time the bad guy has to hold the door open for the good guys. Mm hmm. And it's been repeated so many times. I was just like, oh, fucking A. Um, okay, so there's like a Nicolas Cage movie in like 2004, I think, where there's some treasure being sought. And it's based in America. It seemed like really, really, really similar. Like, I felt like he was playing <laughs> pretty much the same. same <laughs> I don't remember what it was called exactly. I don't either. They also had a blonde girl and John Voight was there. Yes, yeah. thank you. He was, wasn't he? I didn't see Yeah. <laughs> Facebook.com slash read and weep. Tell us which one it was. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh.
Excellent. All right, it's time for the second half of the compliment sandwich. We are going to go in reverse order. So, Nick, you are up first. Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> um, oh, I do like that uh, the tech guy, when looking stuff up, he still uses Wikipedia. He, he's actually, even it, when you're a tech guy yeah. and you're a hacker, you still look up... You, it's just like, it's ubiquitous. But because he's so good, he can edit locked pages. Oh, Whoa. shit. <laughs> that guy's out of control. Take that, Sarah Palin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of them. He's there. Uh, continuing backwards, Ezra. Okay, at one point, they're trying to find a five-letter word. Uh, they're just going through, like, all the words. And they hit bacon and then baron, which gives me a great spinoff idea. The bacon baron. <laughs> oh. I think he wants to collect all the bacon. Like... He just comes into this new valley where they ha- they've been, you know, harvesting the bacon for themselves. And he's like, no, I'm from New York and I'm going to corporatize this bacon, put it on some trains and send it to the big city. They should privatize bacon. <laughs> Enough of this public bacon state. I think so. <laughs> All right, Chris, your compliment. Yeah, um, my compliment is uh, that there is a distinct lack of ageism. <laughs> in fact, the sexiest times that we see in this movie are between John Voight and Helen Mirren. They swing across a ravine, right, while the while the young, like, in their quote-unquote 30s, uh, I, I think Nick Cage <laughs> is supposed to be in his 30s in this movie, are, are you know, going and, and solving big mysteries. John Voight and Helen Mirren are playfully swinging across a small gap. Mm-hmm. And when they land, they get to make out a little. Also, that was uh, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. No, it, yeah, exactly. The gap, yeah. They didn't do the kiss for luck thing, but I'm pretty sure that Helen Mirren shot a few stormtroopers before she swung. So. <laughs> Less sibling-like also. All right, minor compliment from me. I hope I'm never in a position, this is related, I'm hoping I'm never in a position where I need to jump and grab something and pull myself up by my upper body from hanging. But the uh, everybody except those two had to do that in their similar situation. Yeah, I'm a bit on the chubby side, not that strong. But my compliment is that all four of them managed to do it, and it's very difficult. Well, you got a lot of adrenaline going, right? I mean, yeah, but when I get adrenaline, I tend to freeze. <laughs> Are you part rabbit? <laughs> Aren't we all? Isn't it fight or be adorable? Isn't that the response that you have? As a <laughs> fight or cuddle? Yeah, fight or cuddle response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know me. I evacuate my bowels before cuddling. Freeze or also freeze. <laughs> And, and in both cases, as Chris pointed out, poo yourself. Yeah, poop yourself or freeze and poop yourself. <laughs> this ad was required but not approved by Audible. Meet Jack Thomas, Nicholas Cage's official wig wrangler. We've had a lot of success with Nick's wigs, but people don't realize it's a lot of work. There's a ton of grooming. Season of the Witch, sit still. And they're not always cooperative. Connor, Connor, get off that tractor this instant. Dang it. Like a family. You get enough to eat National Treasure 2? Don't let National Treasure 1 hog all the mashed potatoes. That's why there's nothing we like more than curling up with a good audiobook from audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. The first one's free. I get to keep my wigs happy. A happy wig is a happily Nicholas Cage. It looks great! Why, thank you, Mr. Cage. It's Herbal Essences. Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Guys, mustache and the wig is on. Mustache and the wig.
All right, now it's time for our third movie in the Nick Cage Film Festival. It's time for Season of the Witch. Chris, quickly, uh, we're going to do this in half the time, so you need to summarize in the style of a knight recounting a war he fought, but quickly. Perhaps that knight did meth. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Hey, guys, just back from the war. Hey, I'm Nick Cage. Wait, there's a witch? Shit, I got to take her somewhere. Is she a witch? I don't know. Maybe by the end, she's a fucking demon. (laughs) All right, Nick, first or last in this compliment? Uh, first. Go for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> suck it fast. There's no time, Nick. Compliment. Uh, demon fire rape. Go. <laughs> oh, fair enough. There's this demon, and she totally rapes Ron Perlman with fire. Whoa. Is that the one where he, like, hugs? Demon fire rape. I'm already past this. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> no consent. Moving onwards. All right. Ezra. Okay. I like how easily people give up in the Middle Ages. They're just like... Hey, is there no cure for the Black Plague? None. <laughs> That's it. Moving on. We've we've exhausted leeches. We don't really have anything else for medicine. It was a much easier list. Chris, major compliment. Uh, mine is for at least consolation, because I watched this movie and I was like, oh shit, witches be real! But apparently there's seasonal like allergies, so you know, like, <laughs> take a pill. It's all good. Related compliment from me. I like that they keep starting the season of the witch earlier and earlier every year. It's barely the 4th of July and we're already getting bombarded by all this witch stuff, and I like Fucking it. Fucking greeting cards. <laughs> it's right? one of my favorite times of year. It's the most witchiest time of the year. <laughs> All right, it is time for our third game of Hate Potato. In this game, they're red potatoes, so they're smaller. (laughs) Guess we're in a hurry. I hate this. Uh, Hate. She's got really limited witch powers. She can only cause the plague, choking, stabbing, and throwing her voice. Yeah, and and is way stronger than normal, right? Yeah, but very limited powers of all of those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it plays it like it's supposed to be ambiguous whether or not she's a witch, even though you know shit's going down. So. Yeah, you're like, she's she is she really a witch, or is she just a person who can lift another person by the neck? Yeah. Like a robot with no little to no leverage. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what you wonder. I feel like we're kind of using like the uh, intelligent design argument there. Well, if she's not a human, she must be a witch. She could be any number of things. She could be a robot. She could be a super intelligent cyborg. She could be made of paper mache. <laughs> There are lots of options. Don't get her soggy. Don't get her soggy. (laughs) Does that mean that she was originally a series of balloons that we had to cover with newspaper and goo? Yeah, that could explain how she was so easily able to lift a small squire boy off a bridge. He's also made out of balloons. Balloons lift things up. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, About the, yeah, balloons also famous for throwing their voice. Hey, hey, hey. I didn't like that it took a small novella to weaken him. Like, I was like, come on, how long is this story? Are we yeah. just, like, most spells are like, bing, bang, boom, you yeah. did. Like, this one was like, all right, table of contents. <laughs> and it was all in Latin, which is like one of the hardest diseases to, or hard diseases, the hardest uh, languages to read while people are getting murdered around <laughs> We must rid the world of Latin. Yeah. We I mean, where's my Klaatu, Barata, Nikto, right? I mean. With the good use of uh, inoculations, we have actually, I think, mostly rid the world of Latin. Nearly it still only exists in, like, lab settings. Yeah. Hate. Season of the Witch is a totally misleading title. Yeah. There is no witch. There is no season. I understand that you want to make a surprise ending, but seriously, don't directly contradict the plot with your title. That's a lie. That's what <laughs> yeah. I... So basically, they say Season of the Witch. It's like saying there's there's cake behind this cupboard, and then you open the cupboard, and it turns out it's not a cupboard. It's a safe, and behind that is not A cake. million dollars. Yeah. And, and then we've made the Italian job. That's hey. what it was. They were originally trying to steal some cake. Um... They clearly created the worst, like, shape-shifting animals ever. 
there were wolves that also shifted into wolves. <laughs> shifted into ugly wolves. Yeah, well, they were all... <laughs> they were wolf wolves. Why are you being so mean to the black family? <laughs> it's not racism, it's a Twilight quote. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris, for saving me. <laughs> Hate. There's this really weird epilogue at the end of the movie where they're like, some people think the plague was just a pestilence, but I know better. Thank God somebody finally decided to set us straight on the germ theory of disease. Now yeah. we have to deal with plague deniers, too? This is bullshit. Well, and then because it's the voiceover of the girl who was possessed by the demon, she was like, I was there. I know. Except, Except I don't she, know anything that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She has no memory of anything that happened in the movie. It's a stupid epilogue. Oh, God. That was so unnecessary. Also, uh, apparently Nicolas Cage does have germ theory in the 1300s. He disinfects... The priest's bloody hands with alcohol. Oh, I, th- I thought he was just trying to distract the priest from the fact that his hand was bloody by making it alcohol also. <laughs> by making it burn. <laughs> Adds an olive in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, your hand's not bleeding. It's just a weird martini. Yeah. Oh, wow. God. Just... Where do they get martini theory? <laughs> Wherever it is, I'm digging it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, hate. Quickly, why is this movie also a buddy comedy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore fantasy, gritty, crusade epic. Also, Ron Perlman and Nick Cage joke around about how many dudes they're going to kill, like a video game. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Like, yeah, but it comes back like, you're buying tonight. Wait. <laughs> Season of the Witch Guitar Solo Moment. <laughs> no man has spilled more blood in God's name than I. Distortion break. Guitar turns into a demon. It's not a guitar, it's a demon. I want to say, I think Guitar Solo was a really misleading title for that. Turned out he was a demon all along, so that's just cheating. Seasonal yeah. guitar solo. <laughs> While I put my job down at the car wash, I left my mama a goodbye note. By sundown, I left Kingston with my guitar under my coat. I hitchhiked all the way down to Memphis, got a room at the YMCA. Uh, all right, it's time for uh, yours is not a very good satanic plan. So if you're the devil and you're trying to take over the world, uh, there are a lot of ways to know that your plan is not that good. Here are some of them. Quickly. Okay, one. Don't lead anyone to the one place where you can get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, if your whole goal is to get there, also maybe for escorts, you should try to choose somebody besides the two best fighters and the two best classics majors in all of England. <laughs> get some illiterate people. Yeah. Shouldn't have been that hard. Absolutely. Yeah, if, you're, if your army is, if you're just crawling into the mouth of a dead monk, like, really? Yeah. I mean, monks, you don't really, I don't really think of them as bringing it real, like, as warriors. <laughs> yeah. Especially they the brew beer. They read a lot. If I need some math done, I might do that. <laughs> like, uh, the devil really needs a lot of these pages copied and doesn't have a copy machine yet. <laughs> the devil needs a lot of Ultra Boys molested stat. <laughs> <laughs> the printing press rendering this whole project obsolete. Yeah, but then it's not a printing press, it's a demon! Okay, yours is not a good plan when um 
your zombie monks can be just killed by lopping off their heads. Like, that's what most people would do. That's, like, the first instinct. Yeah, that's one of my top five ways to destroy an evil being if I had to. It'd be like that, uh, stake through the heart, uh, holy water, uh, cut off its supply to the mothership. One more. <laughs> Damn it. Send a nuclear missile right into it as it's getting ready to fire. Yes, exactly. Five. Five things. All right, here's something I hate. Yours is not a very good satanic plan when you get kicked out of the girl's body and you leave her naked because she was like 15 and that's rude. Was she? Yeah, she mm. was totally naked when he left the body. No, was oh, she 15, but... I mean. Oh, I don't know. You may have been putting that on. <laughs> All right, make her 20. I don't care. It's still rude to leave her naked in a castle she's never been to. Okay, this is true, it's but what I wrote <laughs> what I wrote was like, used to be Satan trying to take over the world. Now it's a naked hot girl. Much improved. <laughs> that situation got better for that dude a lot better. Yeah, incremental adjustments, right? It was originally um, called Season of the Devil, and then it turned out it was just a naked chick. Yeah. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Hope you get my name. Oh, yeah. I was puzzling you with the nature of my game. Oh, yeah. It's time for the last half of our compliment sandwich. So we're going to go in reverse order from the one we just did, and that is the end of Season of the Witch. So reverse order. That starts with me. I like the Catholics uh, killing innocent people uniforms. The the white robe with the red crosses on it over armor. It's a good solid look. I'm going to chalk that up for things the Catholics have done well with uh, clothing, including the Pope's hat and schoolgirl uniforms. It's <laughs> <laughs> three wins. Yeah, remember the collapsible? Oh, wait. No, that was Church of England. Never mind. <laughs> but still, it's a derivative work. Yeah. Right. All right, continuing backwards. Uh, yeah, okay, that'll be me, for example. <laughs> I really like the Crusades-era authenticity in the language. For instance, Nick Cage saying, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, that was actually just uh, an allusion to the fact that he was the devil. Everyone was the devil? No, no, no. The, uh, when he, like, uh, Nick Cage is no devil, sir. No, 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 but later Nick Cage is literally going to have to get the hell out of that monk's temple. Oh, Oh, Very I see. And thus, Nick Cage coined yet another phrase. Continuing backwards, Ezra, a minor compliment. Yeah, Ron Perlin, good effort, tries to destroy the devil by hugging. Mm. Didn't quite work, but I liked the effort. Yeah, it was very solid. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> also, a very solid effort later when he uh, he headbutt the devil, right? The double butt. The Zidane. He Zidane's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that was some shit. Hey, uh, Nick, your, la- your turn. Last minor compliment. Last thing you'll ever have to say nice about Season of the Witch. Okay, Season of the Witch taught me an important lesson about friendship. And it was because uh, on my way home today, I ran into my buddy Will. And he's like, he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I got to go watch these Nick Cage movies for the Nick Cage Film Festival. And he was like, uh, I'll do it with you. So he braved uh, both family man with me. And he was getting ready to go home. And he's like, well, I've already seen Season of the Witch, so I'm going to go. And I was like, I I need you. I can't. I can't. I like. I can't be expected. It'll be perdition for me if I have to go alone. And uh, and Will Russo uh, stayed and rewatched season of the witch with me. Why? What a good dude. And so I, I would just like I would like my compliment to be that Will is a great man <laughs> and worthy of our love and friendship. I I completely agree. And one of the most genuine compliments I think we've ever gotten. Although, usually they're more genuine when they're about somebody who's not the movie. (laughs) Alright, that is it. 
That is it for our show. It is a... it has been a great episode 101. I hope this is long enough to make up for the fact that we took last week off because we're lazy. But here it is. So uh, we will be back again with you next week with Transformers, whatever the new one is numbered. Is this three. two? Three? With three. We are watching Transformers 3. So quickly catch that in theaters. You have the opportunity now. So get out, do it, and uh, be back here next week to talk about it. Also, I'm curious, uh, if who's your third favorite actor behind Keanu and Nick Cage? Who else would you like to see us do a film festival about in the future? Let us know. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash read and weep, and tell us about your, your third to fifth favorite actors. As always, thank you for being here uh, very much, Chris and Ezra. You guys are great. Yeah. Aw. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us again, Nick. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. It was really great. I love you guys. If uh, if you, people were to want to read uh, something that you had produced or listen to something you produced, where would they go? Oh, sure. Uh, if you happen to be in the Chicagoland area, you can see my improv group, Tina with the Weather. We play everywhere that's free and then uh, uh, you can also if you're on the interwebs you can read my blog it's called the panicandfearblog.com without the the it's just www.panicandfearblog.com it is uh, stuff that I write also I will be doing a reading of some of the stuff that I've written there at uh, the Sheffield Bar at some point so go ahead and check out uh, something that's called like something uh, just you google it you have it <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounded like a dick. I really just forgot, and now I feel like a jerk. So you might have to go to... It's Reading Under the Influence. That's what it is. It's The the site is Reading Under the Influence, and uh, I think I will actually be drinking and reading this. Uh, Very exciting. All right, excellent. Well, uh, or else, you know, Google it, fuckers. Thanks uh, for being here. We really appreciate it, Nick. We'll have you again soon. Uh, talk to everybody later. Goodbye. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. Jump up. Mm. Get down. Yeah! Ooh.